the main word we associate with the rabbit is intuition. So this year is really about how we deal with intuition. And that's like kind of receiving signals from somewhere. So the rabbits, you know, we look at rabbits, they've got big ears, these like antenna. And when you look at a rabbit, the ears are kind of going different directions. They're picking up on all kinds of things, the signals like radar dish, this this kind of capacity to feel and to sense the unknown, but what's beneath the surface, what's unsaid, what is implied, but also just what's unconsciously going on. I'm Michael Max, and this is Geological. I received an email the other day, not unlike many marketing emails that land in my inbox, or yours for that matter. It was a pitch for a class, and it promised the secrets of building a vibrant, happy practice. Here's the thing. There are no secrets. There are processes and practices that lead toward or away from what you might call a successful practice over the course of time. There are aspects of having a business that must be paid attention to, the fundamentals of finances, well-worded marketing, a growth and learning mindset, and your ability to learn from the inevitable mistakes that you'll make and how to transform those into course-corrective learning. If you need help, and you probably do, there are masters of the art from whom you can learn. The fundamentals of business and practice success, much like the principles of East Asian medicine, are widely applicable. You can learn as much from someone who has built a successful plumbing or consulting business as you can from an expert in building an acupuncture practice because, as I said, there are no secrets. And furthermore, as special as we like to think we are, we're not. Paulo Coho, author of The Alchemist, a book you've likely already read, says, the reward for our work is not what we get, but what we become. Did you catch that? That doing the work, putting yourself completely into the endeavor and attending to cultivating the conditions and potentials for becoming better at what we do, it's not in service of what we get, but rather who we become. Who and how you are in clinic is a different level of engagement than the what you do. I think it's good advice, at least if you're in it for the long haul, because if you're in it for the long haul, then nothing stops you because everything teaches you. Eventually, as with any cultivation, you tap a wellspring and then you're connected to something much larger than your scheming efforts. There are no secrets in business or medicine for that matter, but there is the work. And be sure to get paid for it because that allows you to keep doing the work. In our trade, we talk a lot about cultivation, about caring for ourselves in such a way that we can develop more capacity and be of more service to those who seek our assistance. The thing about cultivation is that it's not about trying to get something. It's about growing into a kind of a capacity. It's not about gaining power over but developing more resonance and coherence with. As we come up to the Chinese New Year, that moment of turning from the obvious winter to the still unseen spring, we pause for 10 days to consider the undulating tides of yin and yang and the dance of the 12 earthly branches as expressed in the 12 animals of the Chinese cosmological zodiac. Today, 
a conversation with Gregory Doan, who for the past few years has authored an in-depth look at the symbols, influences, and energies that we will encounter in the coming year. This year, the water rabbit, which sounds soft and gentle, and to some degree it is, but we're looking at yin within yin, and the water here is deep and primordial. And within the deep water, well, it can get a little weird. Do you remember the white rabbit from Alice in Wonderland? His cousin is the black yin water rabbit, and the destination? The peach spring beyond this world. Buckle up. When the going gets weird, the weird get going. These conversations come to you through the generous support of our sponsors and members. All the sponsors here provide helpful products or services that you'll find beneficial in your clinical work. Worried that an EMR is too complex for you? Jane has friendly and knowledgeable support. Mayway Herbs is celebrating the 55th year of their family business. You're invited to make use of their vast library of resources. Are you concerned about the health of Mother Earth? AccuFast Needles is doing something about that. You can too. And later in the show, Ancestral Sturman offers up a sinew treatment, and the folks at Blue Poppy have something special to share as well. Do be sure to visit the sponsors page on the Geological website to take advantage of all the special offers our terrific sponsors have for listeners of the podcast. I don't know about you, but sometimes I take a step back and marvel at my acupuncture needles. I mean, they're the world's simplest medical tool, a sharpened wire and a handle. That's it. And with this simple tool, hundreds of health conditions can be resolved. I love it. What I didn't love was the amount of packaging waste I generated at the end of the day. But that has now changed too. Ever since I switched to AccuFast Earth-Friendly Needles, I reduced my packaging waste by 90%. Not only are they a great needle, but the folks at AccuFast plant a tree for every two boxes of needles I use in the clinic. By switching to AccuFast Needles, you'll be helping patients, planting trees, and joining a community of practitioners changing the world. Like our simple needle, being a part of the solution, it's simple too. Visit AccuFastNeedles.com slash Geological to learn how. Hi folks, I'm Yvonne Lau, president of Mayway Herbs. Our family business turns 55 this year and we wouldn't have gotten this far without the love and support of our community. We're truly grateful and promise you that we'll continue to work hard to support you and your practice. Please visit Mayway.com to find the perfect Ponsar brand formula or formulate your own in our dispensary. Our site also has lots of articles, videos, and herbal recipes for you to explore. And tune into our podcast, Chinese Medicine Matters, for insightful discussions on all things TCM. Learn about treatment strategies and powerful herbal remedies. As we welcome the month of May, our focus is on women's health. Our newsletter articles and podcast episodes this month will highlight different aspects and unique challenges women face. So subscribe or tune in. And if you're a practitioner, get a discount on our women's health formulas this month. Just visit Mayway.com. This season and every season, trust Mayway Herbs for your health and wellness needs. And thank you for supporting Real Chinese Medicine. I love how technology can help to automate my office, and I want to share with you my favorite tool for doing so, Jane. Jane is a clinic management software in EMR 
with a human touch. Whether you're switching your software or going paperless for the first time, the Jane team knows that the onboarding process can feel a little overwhelming. That's why with Jane, you don't just get software, you get a whole team. Included in every Jane subscription is their award-winning customer support available by phone, email, and chat whenever you need it, even Saturdays. You can also book a free account setup consultation to review your account and ensure you feel confident about going live. If you're interested in making the switch to Jane, head to jane.app switch to book a one-on-one -on -one demo with a member of their support team. And be sure to mention the code Geological at the time of sign up for a one month grace period on your new Jane account. Gregory Doan, you watery tiger. How are you? I am good. How are you? I am well. Glad to be back. Yeah, I'm glad to have you back. I'm really excited because we're coming up to the year of the water rabbit. Yes. Okay. So my first thought, I'm not an astrologer like you. My first thought is we go from tiger year to rabbit year like, okay, cool. I can like coast, right? It's going to be easy. Yeah. Well, for the first time in a while, I said that actually might be possible in a sense. Like this year is surprisingly boring and peaceful by comparison, especially to last year, at least in the symbol. I think the kind of relief a lot of people were looking for with the water elements. Mm. I heard a lot last year because everybody was talking about the water and people were thinking the water, oh, it's cooling, it's calming, it's relaxing. Yeah, but it's a tigery water. So I think people might have been a little bit disappointed in that because water has, can be very strong when it's a hurricane or a tidal wave. Or a waterfall. Or a waterfall. Standing under a waterfall is not easy to relax. So this is much more the pool at the bottom. The rabbit is, I think, one of the metaphors I talk about in the blog is this idea of the, the heavenly grotto, which is a, kind of an idea in Chinese mythology. They're kind of hidden in secret places. That's what the, where, and you go into like a, a cave, and down in the bottom of the cave, you find like a pool of water. And you look down in, and down deep in there, there's like a little light glowing at the bottom. That's like what the water, water rabbit, it's like you found a secret tunnel leading to some mystical unknown place. Yeah. So on a good day, that sounds really cool and delightful. Mm -hmm. But the deep water is where all kinds of stuff is hidden. Yeah. So does that come into play as well? Yes. Secrets, mystery, this is a kind of about the hidden unknowns and uh, what comes up from the deep, for sure. The rabbit as a symbol, which we can, of course, like, yeah, get into and talk about because there's a lot of richness and depth to the rabbit mm. as a symbol. And that's how this works, of course, to go into all of these aspects of the symbol and kind of play with them, draw them out. So the rabbit is all about the subterranean, right? The rabbit burrow. Mm -hmm. So rabbits hide because they're vulnerability. They're like soft and kind of alluring creatures. When you see a rabbit, you want to chase it. And then, of course, we have all these stories like Alice in Wonderland, right? Following the white rabbit, chasing it down the rabbit hole, and then all kinds of wacky stuff happens. <laughs> yes. And you're writing this year. Yeah. That it's going to be kind of an Alice in Wonderland-ish experience. Yeah. So, I mean, that gets my attention, having grown up in the 60s, <laughs> listening to Grace Slick, White Rabbit. Okay. I'm in for that. But, I mean, that's kind of psychedelic and weird and subterranean. I mean, there's all kinds of, like, weirdness that goes with that Alice in Wonderland image. And you also bring that up 
as part of what we're going to be influenced by in this next period of time. Yeah, it's pretty weird. I think when I was writing the blog and knowing and thinking about it, I think this might be what one of the weirdest years. I mean, I think water monkey is pretty weird. All of the water signs are so water puts us into that kind of you know mysterious and uncertain dimension because water deludes and erodes away all the boundaries. So metal elements, everything crystallizing and becoming hard and structured and shaped, and then everything falls apart in the, with the water, and so everything gets a bit weird. <laughs> And everything gets a bit emotional. So we associate water with emotions and, and especially more dramatic emotions. I mean, there's emotions associated with all the elements, but water, you know, we associate more. And so when you combine a lot of feeling and a lot of emotion, and then, of course, that subterranean aspect, as well as this kind of uh, mystery, mm-hmm. there's a lot, of, a lot of things possible. And then, of course, yin water. So one of the things I talk about in the blog, and we talk about, too, the transition from tiger to rabbit we're going from yang water to yin water. So yang water is dying, the process of dying. It's, a, it's the active process of, of the water element, which is death itself, but the yang part's the actual dying. And so that, of course, in part of the tiger, there's a bit of an intensity to that. If you're dying, you're going to rage against the dying of the light, right? And that's part of the tiger's intensity is that primal fear you know, to overcome death or the fear of death. But yin water is being dead. So yin water is the actual state of being dead and whatever that means. And we don't know what that is. And there are whole, when we go into how much that influences religion and culture, because we have no idea what happens on the other side. We have no memory of it. We have all kinds of ideas that we project into that void. And there's all kinds of ideas. So we call it in Tibetan Buddhism, we talk about the bardo between death and rebirth. And there's all kinds of visions about what happens in that space. So that's kind of energetically what the year is like, especially because we're also dealing with wood element, which is the birth. So tigers, the elemental makeup is the same as last year, wood within water, but going from yang to yin. But if we have the overarching element associated with being dead and then the inner element of wood being birth, so it kind of brings up to me, that's one of the things I meditated upon a lot is this idea of the bardo between birth and death. And there has to be a blank, this blank space somewhere in the cycle for things to refresh. If we had memory of it and we dragged along memory every time, it would get pretty old pretty fast. Yeah, well, it already gets pretty old pretty fast. Evidently, some comes along. There's a very evocative thing that you just said, and I keep noodling on this. You use the phrase being dead. This is the season of being dead. Okay. Let me unpack that just a little bit. Why is this so evocative? When I think of dead, I think of not being. Yeah. When I think of dead, I think of nothingness. And you're talking here, we have an opportunity in the next year coming up to experience and explore being dead. That's powerful. For sure. I don't really know what that means exactly. Because again, like we said, what were you before you were born? Other than you were dead or not? Not alive. Not alive, but we don't have memory that time. But all the traditions say that there's something that does persist. But our, of course, our conceptual mind and our, our ego structure, everything, our memory, our capacity to remember, our capacity to think, all that stuff goes away in death, but something remains. And we don't really know what that is. There's names for it, but there's some kind of stream that continues. Of course, in like Buddhism, they say that, you know, it's your kind of deepest karmic impressions carry on from lifetime to lifetime. We don't have a memory of this, but there's some kind of, they call them seeds, bija, mm. seed karma, that then somehow gets reborn in the next life. 
And these really, really deep impressions are the kind of core patterns that we play out over and over and over again. And they're somehow transpersonal in the sense of that they're, they carry on from life to life. But lots of traditions say we, when we are dead, we have visions of our ancestors. People see hell realms and, and heavens and angels and demons, all those kinds of things. Vision. So it's a visionary quality into the water rabbit, especially because, again, the water rabbit represents this kind of sensitivity and perception to the unseen. So the rabbit symbol, go into looking at rabbits. The main word we associate with the rabbit is intuition. So this year is really about how we deal with intuition. And that's like a kind of receiving signals from somewhere. So the rabbits, you know, you look at rabbits, they've got big ears. Yep. These like antenna. And when you look at a rabbit, the ears are kind of going different directions. They're picking up on all kinds of things, uh, signals like radar dish. This, this kind of capacity to feel and to sense the unknown, but what's beneath the surface, what's unsaid, what is implied, but also just what's unconsciously going on. So in a way, it's a kind of symbol of the unconscious. Mm. Now that raises a big question for me, symbol of the unconscious, and that fits with the deep water as well, right? And so when I think of intuition, I have such a troubled relationship with that. Yeah, the rooster... It's the opposite of, of rabbit. Okay, maybe that's why I have such a troubled relationship with it. And not to mention, not just rooster, fire rooster. Fire and water. This is a tough year. Yo, oh yeah, we can get to that. This is your, your most opposite. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that in a little bit. This is a good chance to like get some shit done maybe. But we'll come back to that later. Okay. What I want to say about it, what I want to ask about intuition, maybe you can help me with this. And maybe the other roosters too, mm -hmm. if this is a rooster thing. I have a hard time sussing out What's my intuition? Like what's actually kind of something percolating up from below? And what's my wishful thinking? And what's my habituated thought? Because it's really easy to take habituated thought in particular and go, oh yeah, well, I kind of know that stuff. That's my intuition. But is it? Habituated thought is a very different thing. And, and of course, wishful thinking, well, that's just fantasy. Mm -hmm. I'd love to get some thoughts, especially in this really watery yin year coming up. Like, how to parse that stuff? Because there could be a bunch of stuff coming up from the depths that's just noise or garbage or something from that plastic flotilla in the Pacific Ocean, uh -huh. right? It's the kind of the danger, but also the challenge and the real essence of the year. And it's hard to say it's going to, of course, come up differently for everybody. So when we talk about the 12 signs, each one deals with intuition, interprets it differently. Some don't feel it at all or less so, or in a, just in a different way, but... The challenge, of course, is parsing through exactly what you said. The intuition by nature is kind of dangerous. What's the danger? Because there's one, there's all kinds of static mm. and garbage, like you said, floating around in our own subconscious, unconscious, you know, just you look at your mind, all kinds of stuff comes up. If you were to follow all of those thoughts and especially act on those thoughts, that would lead you into a lot of trouble. You have to be able to kind of parse through that and especially emotional facilitation, emotions firing off all the time because we're emotional beings. Emotions are kind of always happening. The kind of gut instinct, like you said, can be, we don't know exactly where it comes from. It might be the result of, you know, it's wishful thinking or trauma response. You know, it might be just conditioning old patterns, projecting what we want to happen. Mm. And so we start seeing signs and we start seeing things and then think that they're messages and then we follow them and then we just play out the same old pattern over and over again. So... It's tough for rabbits. By nature, they can't really turn it off. So that's the danger for the rabbit personality, kind of always 
feeling and they feel other people's stuff way more than others. They tend to be very empathic then. So that's the term. Empathic is a kind of a key term for the year, which again, a kind of tricky. And we're all a little bit more like that. So the capacity to feel what's walk into a room and walk into Starbucks and everybody in line and you kind of just get a sense of all the emotions just floating around. Everybody's talking and the rabbit, that's a, a nightmare. There's so much going on. They probably you know have a, to learn how to screen out all that kind of stuff that they get because they can't really turn it off. It's just kind of natural to them. And we're all a little bit more like that this year, in theory. And then the water element is too, is bringing up even more. Uh, out of all the years, this is the kind of the most feeling quality. So intuition becomes a, a bit dangerous, but there's also a great capacity to cultivate it. And so that's a kind of meditation to put for the year, what is intuition and to cultivate it. And part of it, you know, I think what I hope to communicate in the blog as well is to have an orientation towards it. The purpose of intuition and empathy, of course, is to be a benefit. So if it has compassion and if it has the motivation to be a benefit to other people at its core, this is why rabbits, you know, it's a great symbol for medicine, Chinese medicine in particular, that capacity yeah, to feel yeah. as a, a service and how to use that as a service towards others. And that can have all kinds of ways that it manifests through this year as importantly is through friendship and through relationships. Mm -hmm. So you can definitely talk about that. But then of course, yeah, medicine and the healing arts are a big theme for sure. One of the things that you write about in your blog is that intuition, that connectiveness, that sensitivity of the rabbit. Of course, it's helpful in medicine because it allows us to connect, but, but you also talk about Chinese medicine as being sensitive or weak medicine and furthermore, proud of it. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, I want to know a little more about this power of the weak because I suspect that there's a number of people listening to this right now maybe bristling a bit. It's like, what do you mean we have weak medicine? We have, we have kick-ass medicine. Our medicine can whoop your medicine, you know? Talk to me more about the power of the weak because the rabbit is not a particularly strong critter and, and yet it's got these like, you know, deep yin connections. Yes. Let's hear more about the power of the weak. Sure. That's a contradiction, but we're talking Chinese medicine, so there are no contradictions. There's only aspects of something. The power of the weak, the virtue. Mm. I chose the word weak to be a little bit cheeky <laughs> because it could be interpreted as a bad thing. And I think in this culture, we would interpret weakness as a bad thing. So gentle might be a better term for make us feel a little bit better. So yeah, because we don't want to think our medicine is weak in the sense that it's ineffective. But that's not what weak weakness means. So good. So help me understand weak, the virtue of weak. So essentially, throughout history, strong, the survival of the fittest, and we can talk about ableism and things like that. It's been a pretty strong part of our culture. Strong strength, power to, especially in a hunter-gatherer society or even in agricultural societies in which wealth and resources you know, allow people to dominate other people and so on. If you are not strong, if you do not have power, that's physically, if you're just by nature born with a weaker constitution, you have to learn some other way of being. And uh, people who are more gentle, more weak in nature have a different kind of capacity that strong people often don't have and often don't cultivate because they're too busy kicking ass and they don't need to have that. If you are a gentle person, you have to develop yin power, especially 
if that's all that's available to you. But that's one of the things I think the Chinese culture in general valued that a lot of other cultures at the time didn't. You look at the development of medicine, the Roman medicine and Chinese medicine split directions a lot in a certain period of time. And you look at just the history of Europe and the history of China, you know, we see a very, very different progression of ideas and a very different development of values. So the Chinese valued this kind of sensitivity. They valued the gentle. They valued the way of water, the Tao. And they actually asked the question, what do gentle people have to contribute to society? And Confucius had, I think, a lot to do with this. Of course, Chinese medicine, I think, developed as an expression of that inquiry because when we look at the techniques of Chinese medicine, of course, there are strong techniques within it. And its history, it certainly did stronger things. But at the end of the day, we're talking about using toxic plants <laughs> a lot of the times, poisons, poison as medicine, but talking about acupuncture, the progression of needles, you know, went, got smaller and smaller and smaller. Of course, you look at the traditional needles, they're pretty big. If we gave us, treated with those with somebody today, they'd say that's pretty strong. But the tiny little needles we have today, and especially the more subtle the ideas got in Chinese medicine, something like qi, a very subtle idea and trying to actually affect our health and not only treat disease and prevent disease with something so subtle as just influencing the circulation of qi in somebody's body. It's a very subtle idea. And it takes perception too to be able to do that. The whole nature of the art is the capacity to perceive what you're doing with the needles. Yeah. And that, that takes quiet and you have to be gentle. You have to be soft. You can't force that. You know, when you say it's weak, it's also not a silver bullet. I mean, it can be really strong. One treatment can make a huge difference in somebody's life, but talking often about subtle change over a long period of time and also working only with what's kind of present in somebody's experience. You know, we're not adding something to it other than the experience of being needled, but so we're working with their inherent. Yeah. So another way to say this perhaps is that we're looking at the virtue of receptivity. Yes. We're looking at the virtue of stillness. We're looking at the capacity, well, I'm going to be careful with that word intuit because I'm a rooster. So I'm just going to say sense, the capacity to sense and pick up on the smaller things, not just the big gross things. Yeah. That's part of what we get in the rabbit year. Yeah. And also reciprocity. So this term ganying, which you read or listeners are probably familiar with, I think very big idea. And because so one of the ways we make intuition work is that we have to actually relate to other people. So if you just go all the time on your intuition and you never talk to anybody about it and you never ask them how they're doing or how they're feeling or so you don't get any feedback and then you don't adjust to that, then intuition's pretty dangerous. You'll probably just piss a bunch of people off with it. Um, that doesn't sound like intuition. That sounds like a poorly skilled human being in terms of uh, communication skills. Exactly. But that happens a lot. I think people acting on their gut and on their instinct and on their intuition if they don't have that kind of uh, sensitivity. So that's so the reciprocity, the ability to not only just feel, but also to be in that kind of relationship and, and get the feedback and then adjust and have this kind of back and forth. You're fine tuning things along the way. That's the kind of rabbit. Now, it sounds like there's some dark sides of this bunny as well from reading your blog that along with the yin power, there's an aspect of drama and there's an aspect of like gossip and backbiting, and that sort of thing. Sort of gossipy, reputation-destroying rabbit. Green tea bitch, as my kid would say. Yeah. So how does that fit in to this? And how can we... 
I mean, it sounds like a year where gossip and innuendo and rumor could be running rampant, if I'm reading your blog correctly. Yeah, maybe. Yes, so that's, the rabbit is one of what we call the social trine, the rabbit, pig, and goat, the most personal and relationship-oriented of the signs. I mean, we're all personal and relationship-oriented, but the domestic trine in particular develops their power through relationships. And the rabbit, of course, about very close connections. So friendship, like I said, big, important in this year. And that's one of the ways that they use their power because they're incredibly, how you use intuition, how we use their kind of intelligence in the observant observation, they're very observant and have a very, very keen capacity to really perceive people and to understand what makes people tick. Rabbits by nature are, they seek safety and they seek security because of their kind of vulnerability. So the rabbit by nature is vulnerable and that's the nature of yin power. If you don't have yang power, you have to find other ways to become safe and to become secure. Mm -hmm. So the rabbit does that through relationships and through social means. And the positive virtue of that is they are amazing friends and the virtue of friendship and those close kind of heart connections. The rabbit year is all about those close connections. So friends, close family, like the very small inner circle that we have. So we know many people throughout our life, but core were those real close friends. Those are the rabbit kind of relationships, the ones that you in the rabbit burrow. There's not much room in the rabbit burrow. You can't fit many people down there. So it's very just that kind of um, inner circle. By nature, humans, you know, we evolved, I think, in, in small groups. And so status among humans is really important, how we fare in socially with others. And this is cultivated through talking a lot of the time, you know, and, and people talk <laughs> about others. And one of the ways that we make connections it doesn't sound good, but it's very human, of course. We talk to other humans about other humans. We talk about our relationships with other humans. We, and that's a very rabbity thing, that kind of like tea talk. And the negative side, of course, talking behind people's backs, like you said, gossip, that kind of stuff, becomes more available because of this kind of vulnerable mentality that if we are fearful for our status, because if the rabbit loses its friends, if it loses its status, it feels very alone, it feels very vulnerable, and it, it has a difficult time because it doesn't have that same yang power. And so it needs to secure relationships to secure just safety, security, whether it's money, whether it's a job, whether it's a house or something like that, which they can do on their own. But it's kind of a the nightmare for the rabbit to have to do that alone. They want to have support. And when the rabbit gets that support, they thrive, they turn into the dragon. So we have rabbits are between tigers and dragons. How does that happen? How does the most powerful and yang of the signs come out of a rabbit? Ah, I see it because the rabbit is so yin. Yeah. You've got that yang energy that goes deep into the yin. So then it can transform into a, a more powerful yang. Yeah. And it needs to do that. It needs safety and security. So part of the image you use is like the sprouting seed. So the tiger is the bursting out of the seed. You know, it takes a lot of force for the chicken to crack the egg. It takes a lot of power, that lurching young wood power to burst out of the seed. But once it's out, it's a little sprout. It's vulnerable. It needs to be protected. It needs to be watered. It needs time. It needs safety in order to grow into the mighty oak. Mm. That kind of exposed vulnerable quality is the rabbit energy. And that uses its power, its yin power to create the resources for it, for it to thrive and turn into the dragon. But it'll do anything to secure those. That's, so that's the, the kind of deep inner fear of the rabbit is like, my sprout's going to get squashed. I need to get safe and I need to get secure. So social skill, so the very alluring, very seductive energy. So those kinds of yin relating abilities. So, and it can be deceptive. So would you say rabbits make great diplomats then? 
Yes, probably. Probably. <laughs> because I'm thinking about this. If one of the key virtues of the rabbit is this sensitivity, mm-hmm. it's very sensitive to itself. It's sensitive to the world. It would be able to see those things in other people yeah. much more clearly. So it'll see the strengths in other people. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. And it'll see the weaknesses in other people. So it could bring out the strengths. It can see the weaknesses and go after those weaknesses. Yes. It's like a David and Goliath thing. Where it's like, oh yeah, you're bigger than me, <laughs> but I know where to hit you. Exactly. Yeah. It's the tortoise and the hare. It's as well like this, the trickster, the rabbit is a trickster energy. It's often portrayed like Bugs Bunny. It's a very playful as well, but it's like, it uses the wiliness. It uses tricks and guile and cunning and strategy. So this year, all about those things, strategic, but all about doing it in a subtle way behind the scenes that nobody notices. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Diplomat is something, well, I'm thinking for myself, maybe because I'm a fire rooster, Mm -hmm. but as we're having this conversation, I'm thinking, okay, I could maybe learn to be a little more diplomatic in this next year. That might be helpful. Less confrontational in the sense that the rabbits hate confrontation. They don't want to fight. They don't want to argue. They don't want to have the strong, they'll do anything to avoid that and will manipulate like conversation or situations in order to avoid that kind of so the rabbit, again, it's the escaping the light, escaping the spotlight. That's why, though, a diplomat is tough for a rabbit, though, if they are have a lot of pressure on them. Rabbits don't want pressure on them. They don't want to be scrutinized. They don't want to be in the limelight. They don't want to be number one. Sometimes they do. If the right circumstances, be great leaders. But in general, the rabbit is all about the subordinate position. It's all about being behind the scenes. It's all about being kind of submissive energy. Well, again, this is why I'm thinking diplomat, because diplomats generally speaking, really good diplomats, Mm -hmm. they don't draw attention to themselves. Yes, ideally. They're drawing attention to the various leaders. They're setting up situations. They're working in that very subterranean way Mm -hmm. of manipulating power without drawing the spotlight to them. Really good diplomats don't do that. Yes. The ideal politician is one you've never heard of. (laughs) (laughs) To just do their work behind the scenes everything works and gets done. Now, that would not be a politician. That would be a leader. That would be a really great leader. But then, of course, like I said, the, the yin drama capacity. So the first scandals. So there's the... Yeah, tell me about the drama part. <laughs> <laughs> trying to make the year negative. It's really not a negative year in the sense of like, or at least in, not in the same way that like last year was. So the tense intensity of Water Tiger, we, I think we all kind of got. Like that was in our face in a lot of ways. But it goes into a more, again, uh, social, emotional realm. So... There's so much feeling and so much coming up and then so much just uh, sensitivity that if we don't have that kind of emotional intelligence, the capacity to be overwhelmed by it is just a bit stronger. And so that can say, what does that lead to when we're feeling overwhelmed emotionally and, and when we feel scared for our survival? Don't mind there's trains in the background here. I live right next to a train station there all day, all night. Not good for sleep. But I don't think we'll be as... So like last year was a year like war, and we had war. But the rabbit year is much, much different. It's coming to mind, so I'll bring it up. Like I was contemplating this as the perfect example of the water rabbit was in the last water rabbit year, 1963, was the assassination of JFK. Mm. That was the most water rabbity thing that ever happened. Everything you need to know, just watch Oliver Stone's movie, JFK, go study that we've been... It's just, it was the sneakiest, most mysterious. And that's a kind of yin. That's a rabbit drama. The kind of thing that uh, we don't even know 
years later, we're still arguing about it and still making documentaries about it and still people writing books about it and, and examining all the evidence. And so much drama has come from that event and so much change in the culture. I mean, that was a really significant event in American history and world history, really changed the course of things. And yeah, everything you need to know about Water Rabbit right there. <laughs> mm -hmm. So watch for sneaky, weird stuff. You know, again, I'm attending to this subterranean water under the earth, hidden grotto, lots of unconscious stuff, mm -hmm. the noise, the flotsam and jetsam of just life and thoughts and ghosts and other people's energy. And just you saying, hey, it's going to be kind of an Alice in Wonderland-ish kind of experience, like watch out for that. Mm. It makes me wonder, what about mental health? Yes in this next year, and especially, Gregory, especially like mental health under the influence of things like social media. Yeah. Social media is very rabbity too, because it's all gossip, talking, posting. And anonymous. And, and anonymous, which is very watery. So yeah, I think that is a huge concern for the next year, mental health for sure. I'd say it started really 2020. Mental health has been going from the metal element into water element, for sure. And now we're deep, deep into the yin water. Yeah. So it's gone from like destructuring to coming more apart. Now yin water, that's like bottom of the ocean. So it's definitely, it could be tough. This is why I said friendship. This is, uh, don't want to be alone in, in rabbit year. Mm. So cultivate your friendships and close relationships. Yeah, close friends. And reaching out to those people. I think I say in the blog, it's not really the year for big parties and networking and connecting in that way. That's more of a goat year or maybe a pig year. Dragon year would be great for that. But the rabbit year is all about attending to those close relationships because I think mental health is such an issue now because of how isolated a lot of us feel. And things like social media have created this strange phenomenon where we feel like we are connecting, but I'm not sure we are. Not only that, but then it also creates a kind of something in its wake, which is almost the opposite in the sense of you can feel more isolated, more lonely, and more disconnected the more we're scrolling. Not all the time, though. So, you know, there are practical ways in which so social media or just like at least the internet things can bring people together like this. We're talking over the ethers, but there's something really important about not feeling alone and not feeling because so, so the rabbit wants to feel like it has support. So that would be one of the key mental health things because a lot of darkness is potentially available, I think. Mm -hmm. And access to it. Yeah. And not just the darkness mentally, but emotionally at the same time. The thoughts and emotions, of course, always usually come intertwined and it's hard for us to pull them apart. But so emotions... And especially, like I said, in a year like this, when there's going to be a lot of probably repressed and unconscious stuff coming up that we weren't aware of, that stuff comes up and it's going to come up in kind of, yeah, maybe potentially strange ways. So in symbolic ways or in uh, feelings or in as a kind of like said, intuition, like a feeling, like just a feeling like I feel off or I feel like I have to do something, but I don't know what it is. But it could also be, you know, I feel like, yeah, I have to reach out to this person. Like you just know, like, I got to give this person a call. I know they're struggling. That kind of thing would be a very rabbit year. You know, just call the person. Don't think about it. Check on people. Really like. Yeah, be connected. Yeah. And generous with that person, personal time, you know, making, making personal time 
So that last year and then dragon year is great for it. So we've got this kind of gap between these very two young productive years. The dragon year, like a wood dragon is like an explosion. It's just that wood, young, wood is expansive energy and then dragon is just the biggest, most exuberant energy of the 12. So like, and then and tiger again was, of course, that really strong, forceful, young, lurching energy of the jungle cat pouncing on the gazelle. So in between though, we've got this like subterranean rabbit burrow. So like this year, like to really like relax. But of course, life goes on. We have demands, we've got jobs, we've got obligations, all those things. But so they're going to be a struggle, I think. Keeping up that kind of young, productive, push forward, like business as usual thing is going to be hard. And it's going to drain a lot out of us because we have to do it. So that capacity to cultivate something else. And there's a lot available spiritually in this year. So this year has so much available in terms of depth spiritually. And so solitude is good as well in this year too, though, but not being alone. So there's a difference between loneliness and aloneness. Mm-hmm. Loneliness in the rabbit year, very, very hard. Hello, everyone. Anne Cecil Sturman here. A working knowledge of the eight extraordinary channels from the unbroken oral tradition of acupuncture is valuable beyond words. The power of these channels is tremendous if the practitioner has well-integrated diagnostic, theoretical and practical skill. You'll be familiar with Dumai, the governor channel or the sea of yang, the primal reservoir of yang which ultimately finances all movement and growth. But this channel also governs the ability to self-determine. The psycho-emotional presentation of your patients can be matched to a classical activation of this channel, clearing impedance in the free flow of yang chi to body, mind and spirit. I'd like to share with you the marvelous potency of the Do channel in a full-length live treatment video from the seminar I taught last year in Melbourne, Australia. It's at ancecilsturman.com forward slash sinews2024. Click on the jump to free teaching button or see the link on my Instagram page at ancecilsturman. Thanks, Michael. Back to you. But solitude, that could be helpful. As we're talking about this, Gregory, I'm thinking of, you know, the whole Jungian idea that there's this collective unconscious, I think we touched on that, that there is a shadow side of who we are. And in this next year, we're going to have a deeper access to our own shadow material. We've got an opportunity to go in, to go down. Down and in. To maybe do some work with that shadowy stuff. Yes. And if we do that work, then we've got the raw material for that wood dragon. Yes. We've got more access to our capacity to, in a more full and integrated way, take advantage of what next year will bring. But this year, in, dark, down, intimate, mind the depths. Yes, you put it perfectly. If we don't do that, so that's the way to to go about the year is to go into it with that kind of intention and, and to go into it as consciously and as gently and lovingly as possible. But we have real more access spiritually to, so it's called the treasury of worms. <laughs> All right, that's an evocative image. What is that? It sounds like intestines. Yeah, I forget exactly which tradition this comes from. There's also in Chinese this term, the treasury of red dust. 
but the treasury of worms is one of my teachers called it. It's basically that deep dark down in there somewhere there's, there's like turning up a big rock and all these worms underneath it. When you look under the surface, when you go down really deep, there's some stuff down there that's pretty hard to look at. And it's not bad. It's like compost and life and everything is just roiling around down there. And there's a lot of, I think, in, especially as a collective unconscious, things that we don't process, especially so much atrocity that's happened in human history, all this stuff that or whatever in our own life that we have in process, it's all down there uh, rumbling around. It's kind of a, the tradition says that it's endless because we share it. Mm. Not just with ourselves, but with dogs and chickens and worms. <laughs> it's all shared. We all, as one collective kind of thing, share this thing called life, which is immortal in the Chinese tradition. Because it goes on forever, all, it's got a lot of backup. <laughs> a lot built up down there because it's been going on for forever. And we inherit some of that too from our ancestors, all their un unfinished stuff when we get a body. If we don't go into it consciously, then that stuff starts to come up and it starts to rule the year. It starts to become what's dominant. It starts to push things around. It starts to lead people down. It can potentially lead people into darkness. But if you go into it consciously, and again, I think the key important is gently and think of it like loving grandmother energy is how we want to approach that kind of stuff. And each other. Oh, yeah. We want to use that loving grandmother energy with each other. Because I've been looking at the past couple of few years, not a whole lot of that. Not really, yeah. Mm -mm, no, more like you bad people over there. We got to get you in line. A lot of us and them, a lot of tribal in and out groups, a lot of things like that have been going on. A lot of... Um, so we could have that as well, but on that very subterranean, rumor, dramatic, that's something to watch out for. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I mean, you know, when you look at things... It all kind of makes sense in the way how everything flows. I mean, you look at themes that are coming up in culture, in society, how everything just kind of flows along. It, when you look at it and back up and look at it through this lens, it all starts to kind of make a little bit of sense and to ask why and where is it going. Not, and not that it's some kind of like, I don't think there's any you know, big collective awakening or anything like that we go towards or moving towards. It's all just cycles of time unfolding and unfolding. But the rabbit, if that we don't go into this year consciously, that dark energy can rule us. But if we do, we have amazing, yes, spiritual possibilities. So this is therapy time. I mean, this is like not talk. I would say talking about it probably won't do. This is like embodied. Alchemy is also a symbol associated with the rabbit. This, uh, the ne, ne dan, ne gong, the term ne, the, the thing with the little guy inside. This is, that's the rabbit energy is, is the ne energy. It's going in and then transforming all that into the elixir. So the rabbit is a lunar creature. Symbol of the rabbit comes from the moon. And in the Chinese tradition, the rabbit is on the moon grinding the elixir of immortality. So that associating that the mortar and pestle or the cauldron, this is like a rabbit that where that, that roiling and boiling turns all of the treasury of worms into the golden uh, elixir. That's what's kind of available. And through solitude, a little bit but also through relating. So we see our deepest patterns come out in those close relationships. This is why the close relationships are important and cultivate them well because in a, a year when the close relationships are really important and all this dark stuff's coming out, those relationships can be tough. <laughs> in partnership and in family, that's where we see our real stuff come out. And thankfully, more so with family because we're really stuck with them, but you know, also in there, like, that's when those relationships get the hardest is when our, if you live with somebody or 
and you start to see people's real deep deep patterns coming out and then you got to deal with them because you're lived together <laughs> or you're married or whatever and that's where the rabbit real that's where we really feel the rabbit is in that those kinds of places but then also in those with that kind of love they can be really transformative the idea of the mirror consort is a kind of traditional idea using Taoism and, and Buddhism, all kinds of things that it's only in those close relationships that we can really, really make the most profound inner transformation because we just can't see those sides of ourselves. Other people have to reflect it back to us. But strangers reflect something back to us, but those close relationships reflect something back to us that's very precious. Also very hard to look at. <laughs> and harder to ignore. You can ignore a stranger. Yes. That asshole, blah, blah, blah. But you know, when it's your partner... And then you realize, no, actually, that's me. And you get the same feedback over and over. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe I'm onto something here. <laughs> that's right. So in this year, yeah, it's a great year for that kind of stuff as well. So cultivating relationships, yeah, partnerships, romance. It's called a um, a peach blossom year, which means it's kind of like a auspicious, lucky year for love and romance and flings and marriage and all that kind of stuff. So we know about rabbits and their crazy sexual proclivities. So, all right. Well, how about we turn to what the different animals might expect? Some of the opportunities. Uh, maybe, maybe we just try to keep it, I don't want to say keep it short, but let's keep it focused. Yes. Like the opportunity and the challenge for each of us critters. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Start with the rat. Always uh, the first of the 12, the rat is very similar to the rabbit, and that's very small. So my rat year blog, I titled The Virtue of the Small, mm. and we talked already about the power of the small. So it's kind of similar in that sense, but very different in a, the sense. I, so I, one of the things I write blog is that rats, rats think their feelings, and rabbits feel their thoughts. So, and that's a very different kind of confusion. <laughs> mm -hmm. Rats have a really strong capacity because it's a very small, zoomed-in energy that's all about taking things apart in order to make them manageable. And the rabbit by nature is a kind of wants to merge and universalize and blend everything, especially in the water. Water years is very universal kind of blending, merging energy. And the rat is very particular, compartmentalized, but very social as well. So for rats, the key is to kind of focus on that heart connection. I say to bust open. So rats like compartmentalize their experience and then think about it and then micromanage it and then organize it, but have a very hard time actually getting into those feelings and really opening them up and feeling them. But this year that's really much more available and that can be really powerful and transformative for rats to do that, to kind of bust open the heart and really, really feel. And the social aspect of the year, rats are really good. They work together very well, cooperative. So everything can go pretty well for rats in this year in terms of social stuff. And it's a great year to kind of capitalize on that. Kind of circle of friends, family, their influence, very, very good. As well as like financially too. Oh, really? Financially? Yeah. So rat symbol is all about one of the main symbols that we associate with finances and money. And so are rabbits, but in a kind of different sense, the rabbit is a little bit more, both have a hoarding and a nesting instinct. Mm. The rabbit nesting is a really strong theme for the year. The rabbit nest, to feather the nest. So... I think the rat energy does very well to focus on home, focus on those close friendships, and to really go deep with, again, those kind of unlocking the closed symbols. Yeah. So they're going to feel more. The rats are going to feel more this year than they're used to. Probably. It's hard to say. It's very, like I said, very easy to think that that's happening. 
<laughs> it's the rat energy in me trying to compartmentalize. What about the oxes? I say it's a kind of neutral to potentially tough year maybe for ox because oxes love to be productive and to the work. It's a work animal. And I've heard oxes say this just without knowing it. People who always have to be busy, always have to be working, always have to be plowing forward. It's a yin animal as well. So it has a sinking quality, but it's a kind of movement and that plowing energy within that. And ox in general aren't so touchy feely and aren't the, this kind of a woo-woo energy of this year, which is very available. And it's very fun, I think, like to get to just go with that stuff this year because it's like big universal ideas, very appealing. And to ox, that's kind of all nonsense. <laughs> mm-hmm. It just doesn't go with the ox energy and that sinking, the energy going down and in. So ox could maybe be a bit stuck. So it's important to, yeah, unproductive. And they like feeling productive, but now we got all these watery feelings like, come on, man, I need to get to work. Like enough with the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. So it could be watching out for resenting that and also, so to go with it, so to oxes to actually take a break, like that's what I'm going to say to oxes, it's okay <laughs> to actually rest and take a break. Of course, life goes on. We have to do what we have to do. Yeah. Well, oxes will have no trouble doing that, right? Oxes will get through the day to day. They're really good at that. Yeah. But if they can chill out a little bit next year, they're going to be super productive. For sure. It's all about the downtime. Like, what do we choose to do when we actually have time off? Mm. Do we say like, oh my God, I got to be busy and and make ourselves or like to just rest? Rest and check out what's in your oxy shadow and get that out of the way. So next year the dragon can flourish. For sure. Okay. Yeah. This is what we'll come back to with the, when we get to the rooster as well. The idea of like, ox is a very logical, rooster is very logical energy. It's right in your title, geological there you go. Isn't it? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. This is not a logical <laughs> year and oxes and roosters may feel like the last sane person on earth, but it's okay. Yeah. They'll get through it. All right. What about you tigery folks? Yeah. I think it's a good year for tigers. So tiger turns into the rabbit. This is what you have to remember. There's something about the rabbit that's in, inherent in the tiger. Mm. I think about it as the rabbit is like the heart of the tiger and they have a lot of similar qualities. Because the tiger has a lot of stillness and rest in it as well, but it's always alternating between it's the stripes. It's that alternating between resting and then having to lurch forward and chase down prey. They're kind of a predator and prey match, you know. So the rabbit is like the image of being prey, and the tiger is the, the kind of predator image. So it's a kind of like if tiger managed to make it through the year without self-destructing, so you're without quitting your job, or so this is a chance for the tiger to rest a bit. Yeah, I think. Like opportunities for everybody. Tiger is always going to struggle with that because they're similar. That It's not that tigers have to be productive necessarily, but tigers have a lot of trouble cultivating these kind of close relationships. So intimacy, I think, is really important for tigers and that idea of friendship because tigers need a lot of tolerance. They need a lot of acceptance because of they're very inconsistent. That's the, the striped quality. They're always kind of in this inner struggle or inner conflict about who they are and what they should be doing. And they're always kind of changing, trying to find out the next thing. And this leads to a lot of struggle in her conflict. So last year, most likely, and then next year too, there's probably a good chance that tigers took some risks. This is a year to take emotional risks. This is a year to take personal risks in terms of, of trying to connect with people and trying to open the heart. It's kind of like, yeah, the wiggling in the tall grass you know, energy. This is the next year, that big 
Yang energy will explode again, and the tigers again yet don't want to be alone, but then they also need to be alone all the time. So again, that, that solitude, but also connecting with friends and emotional risk, as well as like there's a, a softness. Think about petting the kitty this year. This is, we need that. So I know that cats, when they're active, they're very active and they're like all over the place. But when cats are still and kind of slumbering or that kind of in between, they're not really sleeping, but they're just not active. They're like really soft and cuddly and purr and quite still, but not still in the like still ready to pounce, but just still in the stillness of being still. I, I watch my cats do it all the time. They're like my teacher for like, here's what stillness looks like. Try this on Michael Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the soft purring energy, that's what tigers um, need to cultivate. Now, now, what about the uh, rascally rabbits themselves? This is their year. What's that like for them? Yeah, I think out of all the 12 signs, the rabbit is probably the most likely to flourish in its own year. Some signs struggle in their own year because it brings out like a lot of their inner challenges, but I think the rabbit is a kind of relief. This year should be a big relief because the softness, you know, that rabbits... I think struggle a lot in this culture because just how harsh it is and how kind of uh, threatening sometimes like capitalism and the, the stress of just modern life is for rabbits is pretty tough. And especially in a culture where there's so much unconscious stuff that rabbits pick up on and uh, have a hard time integrating, I think, because they have a hard time figuring out what's their own, what's something that they're taking on and they take on a lot. So I think there's a, a lot of good potential for the rabbit to thrive, to just go with that energy. The advice is going to be kind of similar in the sense of like the nest, just go with it. The nesting really go deep. It's the peace and tranquility that available. And there's a kind of like, the challenge of this year is like in a more emotional, it's not as much on the surface and outside. So the feeling of the threat, the danger on the outside, I mean, it's always going to be there, but it's energetically calm down a lot. So the capacity for the rabbits to kind of bring out a lot of their inner resources and to shine and for people to actually notice them and for people to start noticing all these things that the rabbit notices and feels and people feeling them just a little bit more, the rabbits can be like, oh, I'm not as crazy as I thought I was. Because everybody else is going to feel a little bit like that too. Not a lot, but a little. Would it be fair to say everybody else might be feeling a little crazy and the rabbit's going to go, oh. Yes. And the rabbit then help us out a bit. We need the rabbit's help to teach us how to feel and how to be in our body. This is the rabbit's. So it's a good year for like somatic work then for rabbits. Definitely. And I guess for the rest of us too, we have access to deep somatic experience. Yeah. Because of like the nature of the year, everybody looking to become stable. Mm. Everything is going to look to stabilize. Everything is going to look to become secure. So going with that and encouraging, of course, in your own life and all the different aspects of life can then go well. I said my my word for the rabbit this year is to strut. Rabbits don't strut. The rabbits can strut a little bit this year. Rabbits can strut a little. Rabbit, let your hair down. Okay. Yeah. We're going to move to the dragon. Now, since the rabbit turns into the dragon, is that going to be kind of helpful for the dragon in some way? What should the dragons expect? in the next 12 months. Yeah. How does a rabbit turn into a dragon? That's kind of interesting. You know, all the symbols flow and turn into each other. Tiger turns to rabbit to dragon. It's a very interesting progression. And the dragon is kind of all of, in a way, it's kind of the final animal. Like it's the final form, you know, it's all of them combined. But dragon itself is, it's very different, you know. 
you couldn't really get more opposite in terms of like the instincts. So the rabbit wants to burrow down and hide in the nest. So the rat, the d- dragon is exploding up to heaven and flying over everything. So energy is a bit too big for the year. It's a very again, the, it's a small down in dragon is of course this big expansiveness. But it's not a bad thing though in this year because I think it's like the rabbit has uh, so much creativity. So it's a very creative, it's a very artistic, it's all that intuition, the heart, the feeling, the creativity, the love, all that stuff inside of the rabbit. And it, boom, it explodes out into the dragon. Like the the rabbits have this dragon in their heart and that's like their secret that they keep from everybody. (laughs) So the dragon is bringing out all of the best things about that. And it's a kind of really good year for, so dragons do whatever they want. That's like one of the things that Ming say. They're just going to, dragons, dragon, dragons are going to dragon. They just do whatever they want anyway. Yeah, but sometimes it goes well and sometimes it doesn't. But this year, it's a nice, like, stable base and a stable platform. So dragons have a kind of mission. That's one of the things that makes a dragons, defines the energy, is that they have a kind of a big sense of purpose and mission in life that they're you know going to achieve no matter what. They might not know what it is, but they know they have it. They kind of want to rule the world. So it's a good platform for all those ambitions. I just say the danger for the dragon is to, they might break a lot of hearts because the dragon by nature is aloof and so big and so purposeful that they kind of will miss a lot of the small stuff going on. So in terms of like relationships and connection with other people, dragons can also indulge a lot. They can be very hedonic and big and wild energy. And this year is definitely a lot of indulgence available because of like the, the nesting, the home instinct. There's a lot of like capacity to go a little bit overboard with like the dragon's indulgence side. So that's what I'd watch out for is one, being too aloof and, and making sure, again, connect with people, remember that other people exist. And because things are a little bit too easy for the dragon this year, maybe like things are, it's so stable. There's such a nice platform to launch off of that they might just go a bit overboard with everything. But wouldn't that deep water pull them in a little bit in some way? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> More so than other rabbit years. Out of all the years, like this is the oceanic. And uh, the dragon could even be curious to dive, instead of diving up, to dive down and in. Like, there's some mystery here. So I think to take up the challenge of the inner mystery, the inner secret, Mm -hmm. looking for that, that's the mission for everybody, you know, is what's down there in the mysterious depths I want to know. So dragons could go real deep if they took their dragony energy and decided to take this year and really go explore the subterranean. Yeah. Dragon has so much, but kind of what it means is that big potential. And if they can focus it then it's pretty, it's very strong. I say service as well. Dragon, you know, if their whatever their mission is, if they can incorporate generosity and service into that, mm. it will go a lot better. The dragon is the emperor, right? And the emperor, in theory, it's the leader. It's uh, the whole role is that of the servant to everybody. The emperor is in service of everybody in the kingdom. What does a dragon turn into? A dragon turns into snake, right? Yeah, it's another big yin-yang flip. So the very, very yin snake or a rabbit turns into this big expansive dragon and it turns back into the very very yin yin snake it's a very interesting in the very center there's this big like inhale exhale it's the snake also similar the energy is down and in snakes also a symbol of the unconscious of the subterranean in a similar way and also very very still you know the energy of a snake lie still for days and then strike and grasp uh, and you know, snatch up a mouse kind of striking force. And snake, of course, is also very visionary. But 
the snake does not operate on intuition and does not operate on feeling. It's a much more mental, it's much more this kind of spacious emptiness at the center. Dragon is this big exploding fullness, and the snake is this big empty open space and very equanimous and more clarity. So the snake sees through a lot of this kind of, like I said, this year, a lot of emotional, very murky, unclear that we're kind of trying to mine through and feel. And the snake just sees through all of that. Mental health. So we've talked about mental health, though. There's a couple of signs where I'm going to want to like chime up a little bit, especially for a couple in particular. And this is probably the first one that I think it's important for snakes because they said like that the snake energy can go a bit depressed. It can even suicidal in a, in a year like this, very available to go kind of a little too far into the darkness. And snakes are very reluctant to be in relationships. They are the most apt towards solitude. Snakes don't really want to be here. They want to go beyond and kind of reluctant to play. And they can be very convincing that they are connected to other people, but deep down it's tough for them. So going into, I'd say whatever that reluctance is in relationship, to really examine that because like I said, they don't want to be alone in rabbit year. And this could be a tough year for snakes mentally. So and then for other people, if you know any snakes to <laughs> check in on them and bite them to dinner or something like that. But spiritual growth, of course, yeah, vision, like that feeling. There is a feeling at the heart of the snake. So the snake is yin fire and that in this big emptiness, there's some kind of warmth at the center of that. So the snake also has that as well. But I would think that the yin water of this year could be a real burden on the snake's yin fire. That's really something to watch for. That, as you were saying, cultivate your relationships, especially as a snake. And if you've got people you care about that have a lot of snaky energy, like look out for them this year. They're going to need some help. Yeah, the yin water is so strong. Yeah, it puts out that fire a little bit. But it's also kind of an alchemical mix in a way. Yin water, yin fire. Sounds like some potential, and you're going to need to work it. As long as you put the fire under the water. Put the fire under the water. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Like the rolling into the pot. That's the way to do it. Okay. You're talking to the fire rooster as well. Put that fire under the water. Okay. The horse is next. Yeah, also a bit of an off year for horses. Because they're kind of like ox. They, they're like practical do stuff. Same idea, except more young in terms of their productivity. The ox is very routine, very reliable horse, yeah, very, very busy, very productive, also young fire. So that's the nature of the horse is the high noon. Horse too, as a character, we talk about as being, it's also a symbol of the heart in Chinese medicine. So horses feel very, very big, but their emotions are very on the surface. Horses wear their hearts on their sleeves, their big heart right out there. The horse is the opposite of the rabbit in the sense of like, what you see is what you get. It's not a lot of unseen. There's nothing hidden. There's no mystery to the horse. There's no ulterior motive. It's all right there. Very honest, very straightforward, very clear, very big heart. But the image of the rabbit being all this hidden depths that are very unclear. And so the horse, no idea. It's very different. It changes a lot. If like a horse, like I have a horse friend who was born in the rabbit hour. So this changes things a lot, but it's out of style. You can't, there's no galloping and running around in a rabbit burrow can't move much. It's very claustrophobic. So this year like, is, it has a bit of a claustrophobia for horses and for all the young characters that need that, again, that kind of busy, busy, productive kind of thing. But horses are also very social. So again, it's also this, with every animal you want to t touch on, 
what are the, the dark side and then go with and, and accentuate the positive. So the positive side for the horse is that they're very gregarious, very social and very good at making friends. They're very funny by nature. Horses and humor would be great this year. So humor goes a long way. Humor is one of the fastest ways that he, people connect and that people, if you make somebody laugh, people are immediately at ease. And so that horses is to really tap into that side of themselves, the gregarious side of being joyous. Horses are kind of sunny optimists by nature. Metal horses probably struggle the most with this. But the young fire, it's the sun, it's bright. So water and metal horses, again, struggle. But the nature of the horse is to be optimistic and positive, And that goes a long way in this year. So I just, just like really cheer people up, be that kind of, don't worry about all the to-do lists and the plans and the, the busyness and stuff like that. Just put that energy into others. And especially if you need to, the create like horses, and this goes to any of the young characters who need to be productive, need things to do is to make it creative. Put the energy into creative work, like learn a new language, that kind of stuff. Make it like a personal inner goal, that kind of a thing. But that's like, yeah, how to make the best out of the year. That sounds like a great opportunity, actually. For sure. Horses, get to chill out a little bit, do something fun and creative for yourself, and have more dinner parties. Yeah. And I go for everybody. I would really emphasize with the, how much humor can lighten the darkness. Mm-hmm. And if you can laugh at the things that are the most dark about yourself, don't laugh at that in other people, <laughs> but laugh at that in yourself. That's what a rabbit would do, not what a horse would do. Yeah, yeah. That's powerful medicine if, if you can laugh at those things. So. In recent years, the Sa'am acupuncture style has generated significant interest and a loyal and growing following. In the Sa'am approach, a precise diagnosis leads to a four-needle treatment to address the five element and six chi imbalances in the body. The four needles target the controlling and generating cycles. It's common using this method for the needle sensation to be stronger than in many other styles. Thus, the choice of needle becomes important. The Unico brand of needles lends itself to both strong and gentle techniques. These superior needles are made of uncoated Japanese surgical stainless steel and feature the best guide tube on the market with its unique beveled edge. Additionally, Unico needles have a tensile property that helps with freehanding needles into Jingwell points and allows you to more easily feel the arrival of chi. Blue Poppy is the exclusive importer and distributor of Unico needles. Use the code QI. 2024 to save 10% off Unico needles at www.bluepoppy.com. You'll be glad you did. Okay, great. What about the goats? Goat. Yeah, also part of the domestic trine. So again, goats, rabbits, and pigs go together. And the goat is more the herd animal. So they're the image, a little bit more of the political. They're a little bit more about the greater good, the well-being of everybody, the tribe. And again, this year is more about those close-knit relationships. But again, just generally auspicious year because rabbits are goats really, really deeply care about people, again, the collective, but can struggle with the person. This is kind of what I was thinking about that sometimes the goat image of, you see goats butting heads a lot. They can be very argumentative. They can be very flustered very easily when people don't understand. So it's a... good year in the sense of bridging the universal and the individual. This is what I was thinking about, that the goat is all about these big universal principles, universal ideas, justice, fairness, equality, love. These are like big, big ideas. They're hard to really understand, but the goat really understands those. 
And so to bridge those things to the personal and to the individual, the world falls short often with these big ideals. Like we don't do a pretty good job as a culture, as a society. So goats are really like dreamers and... Idealists. Like idealists. They have big visions of utopia and how we can all make it work together. Yeah. So I think in this year, like those ideas find an audience a lot more. So whatever goats do, even if they're not aware of it, there's probably something about that those ideas are probably present some way in their work, in their mission, and whatever it is that they do. I think one of the things I wrote in the blog is that the rabbit's heart, the goat is kind of the spokesperson for it. Rabbit keeps to themselves. They stay close circle of friends, but the goat can communicate those ideas to everybody. So I think if there is one, even though this year is about close relationships, if there's one character that's really going to do well to be a little bit more networking and bringing people together and a lot more widely social and a lot more practical in the sense of like doing that kind of bigger, more universal work, the goat's going to be the best to do that because they're going to find much more of an audience and people much more willing to work on these and connect to these kind of bigger ideas. Personally, though, good year in general to thrive, I think, you know, like the dream team (laughs) as well. So if you have a mission or if you have like a business or if you have anything like Finding that herd be very good this year, like finding those people who you really have close connection with who are going to help you on that, achieve those kinds of visions. Yeah. Okay. Not a bad year for the goat then. How about the monkey? I wonder how the monkey, like I'm trying to imagine monkey energy, what I understand of it, with this rabbity deep water energy of the year. And I'm thinking maybe the monkey is going to struggle a bit with this. Does the monkey get kind of... No, it's a bit off. Water monkeys. So like I said, the only only sign that could rival the weirdness of the water rabbit might be the water monkey. Like when you put that together, it's pretty weird. Except that monkey and that water monkey energy would be outward. Yeah. And this is more of an inward energy. Yes. And the last year was tough. So the last year, the tiger year is the opposite. A tiger and monkey represent the diametric opposites of one another. So in theory, the last year could have been a bit a bit rough. So it is better. And it's a little bit more of a relief because the, the kind of the threat, the force of the tiger is the looming in the jungle coming after you is not there. So, but this difference, so the monkey did this, what they're similar, but very different. And the confusion is because this is something we talked about earlier, the difference between intuition and imagination. Mm. So the monkey represents imagination and the rabbit represents intuition. And they're similar, but they're very different. And if you confuse the two, that's when we get into trouble. So if you think that your imagination is intuition, that's But the monkey is imagination. Their, their energy is imagination. So that's the kind of, again, the danger is for the monkey to be a bit coming out of the cave probably because they're probably like taking it, hope not going to darken the tiger year. But then this potential for them to really then go with their intuition and to really follow their intuition and then find out that it was all <laughs> imagination is the danger. Of course, they can have intuition and heart like everybody, but that's the kind of Confusion that monkeys often get into, you know, they very, very creative energies. The yang metal energy is the active imagination of the mind swinging from branch to branch. So for monkeys, would it be a good year to not believe everything you think? Absolutely. That'd be a great theme. That'd be a tattoo that on your eyelids. (laughs) Okay. But I would say like it's a good year for repairing. The energy is also playful, very trickstery energy. Monkeys tend to, you know, I guess it be very active, swing from one thing to another, and always looking for a new 
fascination, a new challenge, a new adventure, a new risk. Monkey is all about a playfully taking risks, and this is not a year you know, to do that. So if, and I'm not saying monkeys do this, but if that is the case, that maybe t- be retrospective, take a look back if there are situations thing that need to be relationships that need to be repaired or things it's a good year for that to look in the mirror and have some self-examination of those the patterns for all of us of course like whatever dark patterns that we have that we repeat over and over again that get us into trouble but this is a great introspective retrospective and self-cultivation year kind of for monkeys say don't run away (laughs) this is a year to like so last year, probably the instinct was just to run and or to hide or whatever. So this year, it's much more about like come out and, and again, like the tiger, all the opposites are very, very similar. So I said like the tiger is a good year for emotional risks. Uh, monkey as well. So this is a year for monkey to take those more heartfelt emotional risks because they don't quite trust those, I think. Monkeys have a hard time trusting intimacy and connection like the tiger. So to do that, to bring that out and to focus on, on friendships because monkeys have a hard time with friendship as well because they little too inconsistent sometimes. So be a little more consistent, you monkeys. Yeah, and watch out for the imagination, intuition, haywire. Especially with all that water. Yeah. Especially with all that weird stuff in the water. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Okay. And monkeys also very humorous, joking, playful to find the goods, the bright side of that as well and bring that out. And maybe not be so damn sarcastic. Yeah, sarcasm, cynicism, very available for the monkey. Yeah, so like, watch out for that this year. Don't do that so much. Yeah, the feelings are because I think the monkey would probably want to point and, and poke a little bit at, at those at people's the squishiness of the year, but it's a little sensitive. So like, cultivate that like empathy sensitivity is good. So yeah, you sir rooster. Yes, that's me. Fire rooster at that. Fire too. So yeah, we said that's a sixty sixty diametric, which is interesting. So that's like the most opposite you can get. Yes, fire rooster and the water rabbit. Fire rooster and a water rabbit. Like, you couldn't be more opposite, right? Yeah, yeah. I always maintain that the opposite relationship is a mirror. Mm-hmm. And that this is a, the most spiritually beneficial year. And for you especially, because of that crease, the most di- diametric opposite in terms of the elements. For rooster is like, again, could be, yeah, could be rough in terms of the outer feeling, the outer flow of things. You know, like, it doesn't quite go in that nice logical a geological way. <laughs> so I'm going to think the world has lost its mind. Is that what you're saying? Maybe, maybe. So one of the things too, I don't know if you identify with this at all, but the rooster energy enjoys. So it's a the image of the beak and it's very sharp and it's like it actually enjoys to kind of push the envelope, to push the boundaries, to challenge things. It likes to really get in there and pull things apart. And it's a there is an actual confrontational it's an energy to the rooster that and it actually likes that. And it's a playful energy. I've known a lot of roosters and it's, there's a challenging nature to it. But the rabbit hates that. The rabbit doesn't want to be poked. It doesn't want to be no confrontation. It, doesn't, it wants everything to be nice, squishy, emotionally. And the rooster wants to get at the essence of things. So Tibetan Buddhism has a debate tradition that's very rooster. When you watch Tibetan Buddhist monks argue, they slap their hands and they point and they pull apart definitions doesn't that kind of stuff is not good this won't make any sense so i expect if you make all kinds of projects and plans and meticulously you know think things out and have they expect it all to go just belly up no good <laughs> all right so as roosters we need to chill out a bit yeah and that thing that we like to do where 
I mean, you could call it confrontational. We just call it connective. Sure. You know, poke. It's our way of being connective. Yeah. But yes, I can see how if you're a rabbit, that would be invasive and not fun. Yeah. So invasive is a, we don't want to avoid that. So we want to be a little bit less restrained. We want is a, a good little word restrained, word huh? Yeah. Holding back a bit. You said the mirror is really powerful spiritually. Yeah. You can feel like it's really rough personally. Well, I mean, often great growth comes from really rough passage. So I get that. I can see that. I would suspect this is true for anyone who has fire in them, not just roosters, but especially us roosters, because we're opposite. You were talking about putting the fire under the water. Mm -hmm. So what does that look like? How does that translate in terms of behavior or attitude or perspective or outlook? I'd suspect that it has to do with conflicting emotions. Mm. So that's like what we're putting the fire to. And also, of course, those deep symbols, the closed symbols, the ones that we feel like we can't really get access to with our conceptual mind. But we know they're in there. We know we have these dark patterns and we can be aware of them conceptually, intellectually, and we can even see them. We can even see them operating in our life. We can even see them driving us and stuff like that, but we can't seem to change them. Those ones... In the mirror years, like those come up stronger because that's what you see in the mirror is if you're looking as those patterns. And alchemy is really to put the fire to them. And when you have a little bit more access to them, they can open a little. And I think too, if it's like in your case, 60-60 pair too, I mean, man, it could be big. It could be like huge revelation. It could be like deep patterns, like something way, way back there. Mm -hmm. I take that as great opportunity yeah. Put on your boots and roll up your sleeves. Yeah. And have more dinner party. Yeah. So the tricky, the tricky thing, yeah, is though like within this kind of a year is how do you get at that energy? And for the rooster, it's not with the sharpness. It's not a busting it open. It's uh, with the grandmother energy. It's the giving it a big <laughs> warm hug and making it some soup. and. So take that heart fire and turn it into love. Yeah, Feeding the Demons. So there's a great tradition called Chud, and there's a book called Feeding Your Demons, which has a great kind of practice. And whatever these deep patterns are, if they're like wounded inner child things or whatever, whatever that kind of have to bring them out and have a conversation with them and find out what they need to be done with or to be heard or seen or loved or whatever. So that kind of work, pretty strong capacity for that. Accepting the uncertain, unclear and without trying to make sense of it, to let it be mush. All right. I could cue up the Beatles, let it be every day and just, you know, listen to that for a little while. That might be helpful. I used to hate that song. When I first heard it, let it be from the Beatles. Oh, yeah. I hate it. I'm like, what the hell is that about? This is the stupidest <laughs> song I've ever heard in my life. And then as time goes on, I, it's like one of my favorites of all time. So I'm, I'm going to cue that up for this year. That's my new theme song. Okay. All right. What about the dogs? The dogs. Interesting dynamic. Also a very strong connection to the heart. So the heart is a big theme in the year. We talked about the horse is the heart, but the dog is the pericardium, right? Mm. It represents that. And we talk about a year where all friendship and close connections and the pericardium is all about that, right? So in a way, it's very good because, of course, that's the, what the dog seeks more than anything is that kind of loyalty and that really strong bond and that close connection. And the dog is a service. They really love to serve and they have a strong sense of a purpose, but it's not a personal sense of purpose. It's kind of given to them by this heart and by this pericardium. They have like an inner guide and so that is about putting themselves before others. And this year is just 
so appreciated and so needed and so welcome. Problem is, of course, there's there is something available in the rabbit that is tough for the dog, and that's betrayal. Because rabbits, it's a dark side, and they probably don't want to talk about it, but there is a capacity for betrayal because they are interested in their safety and their security, and if they will do whatever to get that if they feel they have to. Uh-huh. And the dog is kind of like, they will die. <laughs> okay. So the rabbit will throw you under the bus, but the dog won't do that. Yeah, dog will jump in front of the bus. Dog will jump in front of the bus, rabbit will throw you under. Okay, it's good to know. All right. Sneaky, those wily rabbits. Yeah, so I'd say like a year for the dog to focus on their, their kind, of, that kind of mission, that purpose, that kind of service dog, you know, like love everybody, really bring that out again because we need it so much. And especially like for the mental health, like that kind of unconditional love goes a long way when you people feel that dogs have that uh, capacity. But also dogs have this kind of lone wolf there's been a lot of historical dogs, public figures, artistic, very strange. Like with a dog, Freddie Mercury, David Bowie. I like these examples because they're such iconic individualists. Like their personality display was so unique. And then you look at them, they're other oh, dogs, huh? So the dog has that kind of lone wolf capacity in them because there's a weirdness to there can be a weirdness. The dogs, we all we're all weird, but especially in a water year. In the water year, I, things I think I wrote was uh, your weird might be showing a little bit this year, but it's a good thing. Like, so if you have that, like, really strong individualistic thing, so dogs can absolutely be devoted and in, in service loving, but at the same time, they can have a very, very individual, strong sense of personality too. And this, that part, I would say, those two things don't have to be in contrast, but they bring out that inner weird, let it shine, especially if it's uh, so whatever it is. So if you want to be a little bit weird, this is a good year to do it. Yep, and it might be unstoppable. Oh, okay. Last but not least, the pegs. Or as we say here in Missouri, we say the pegs. What about the pegs? <laughs> I said the, the royalty of the year is the term I used. I think, again, the last of the, the domestic trine, pigs just squeal with delight at the rabbit connection. Like, they lo- love that, love that, love that. Pigs are people, persons. People, people. By nature, of course, like they're considered to be the last of the animals, the most loving, the most kind of generous and sensual. So all those aspects of the rabbit's nest, like the nesting, the sensual aspects, the relaxation, the comfort of home, the food, all those things that that's the kind of the danger, the darkness is the pig can go a little way too much into that this year. Like I said, there's a couple of signs that have a little bit too much capacity for indulgence. The pigs is the strongest. So in the wateriness too, it can get a little bit dangerous in terms of like the acid trip, the real wine go really far out into that kind of a thing. Pigs could really, really go for it. But they're also very strong protectors. So the pig is also the mother bear, mama bear. And the wild boar is a, one of the most fierce protectors in the wild, the most fierce protector. They will do anything to protect their young and rabbits are need protectors. That's why it's considered to be a really great pair. It's kind of a Confucian auspicious pair, like the pig protector of the rabbit. The pigs have that because they care so deeply about people. They're the most fierce. They'll do anything to protect those who are vulnerable because pigs aren't really vulnerable. The rabbits are very vulnerable, but pigs have the immense capacity for caring and for this kind of humanitarian service that in a rabbit year, goes a long way. So I think watching out for the, the indulgence, watching out for the darkness, and instead, again, 
bringing out the party with the intention of using it as a tool for those close connections, like bring people together because pigs make friends with everybody pretty easily. That's their gift. Not everybody makes friends so easily, but if you have a pig friend or if you're a pig and you have other friends and you bring them together and, and especially like being like a matchmaker, doesn't have to be romantic necessarily, but you know, just like helping to initiate and uh, those kinds of things. Great year as well for, um, that depth available, you know, of the heart of the rabbit. Like it's available to everybody, but some are as more, characters are a little bit more able to touch into it than others. Pig can really, really go deep into that, like into the watery cave. Mm-hmm. So for the pig, it's a year that's kind of an invitation. For us roosters, it's more a year that's like almost abrasive in a way. Mm-hmm. But for the pigs, it's an invitation. Like, oh yeah, this is good. It's a hot tub time. He gets a warm and cuddly uh, hot tub and rubbing up against things and sniffing and eating everything. Because it's all about, yeah, like what you bring people into that inner circle. So pigs can be a kind of a moderating influence on the year in terms of how they can connect with the different animals and kind of moderate things. With the connection, yes. Moderating through connection. Yeah, as long as they can get some moderation in their... vices (laughs) okay so pigs could have a little bit like too crazy of parties and people are getting a little too loose yeah watch out for the hangovers and downward spirals because it's kind of like the feelings the sensual quality is so strong that you might have one too many (laughs) because it's just too good all right this sounds to me like drug addiction could be yeah so right this is something to watch out for symbolically that kind of a thing would be available for Pig, a couple of different signs could danger for those kinds of things. Because it depends on how you use it. The pig would do it because it's just too damn fun. Some other ones might do it more as a coping mechanism or more as an escape, mm-hmm. like snake or something like that, or say rooster. Like it might be the ones that the animals that we've identified that struggle or could struggle this year potentially. Don't mind the train again. <laughs> <laughs> just to underscore your point here. <laughs> yeah. The ones that could struggle, question about how we cope with difficulty and how we cope with struggle, and the ones that could use. So we use different things. So like for the pig or say for the rabbit, like what are the coping mechanisms? The ones that are more socially, they could use relationships as coping mechanisms, or they could use sex as coping mechanisms, or drugs, or food, or whatever. There's a lot of comforting, and trying to comfort oneself would probably be stronger in a year like this, because the rabbit's all about Blind comfort is about feeling safe and about feeling secure. That's one of the reasons why we self-soothe or comfort through different activities and stuff like that. So, and we each do it in different ways. But the energy of the year, the chi of the year, is trying to get that safety, security, softness, and things like that. So, all around though, like I said, it is a peaceful year. There's a lot of stillness and there's a lot of depth. I use this metaphor of the peach spring. This is kind of what I titled the blog, the peach spring beyond this world. And it's a vision of. Uh, Heavenly Grotto, what we call Pure Realm, which is the vision of the Taoist immortals and the world as this kind of a, a heavenly realm. And that the world that we see in front of us is actually just a projection of our minds. It's all about our perception. And the vision of the rabbit is kind of my overall big spiritual vision or theme for the year is this cultivating pure perception, which is like, if your perception is pure, then everything that you see is also but if your perception is conditioned by these karmic deep patterns, and that's what you see. Chinese have these tales of uh, the peach spring. There's a great old story of this like poster person on a boat. It's one of the older recorded stories in Chinese literature, I think. And it's told over and over again. And he's like on a boat and he goes down 
river and he finds this a forest and he goes into it and he finds a tiny little cave in the forest and he goes through it and there's this like beautiful idyllic village on the other side and then it's like outside of time and they everything is perfect there and it's like a dream he's in this dream world he goes away because he wants to tell everybody about this amazing place and then he can never find his way back he goes back looking for it and he goes back looking for this forest and it's gone out disappeared outside of time and i thought this was a really great like rabbit ear story the rabbit, of course, the symbol of the paradise, you know, that's what the rabbits, it's a very rabbit, the idea of heaven or a paradise beyond the paradise garden where everything is kind of perfect and easy. It's a very rabbity kind of myth. These kinds of myths too, you know, I think are really powerful in this year and examine like why we create these kind of myths and how we connect those to different symbols. The rabbit is vision of um, utopia. That's what the rabbits would love if everything was just like a utopia, but mm-hmm. Not so much like that, but the challenge is like, what if the vision of everything here as being a hell realm or a ghost realm or a a human mercantile business realm or all those things is just our own minds, just our own projection. That's such a lovely story. You travel down the river into the forest, into the grotto, right? It's like down, down, in, Mm -hmm. and then it just is, right? It's this beautiful dream realm. It's when you want to go back out and talk about it and conceptualize it that you lose it. Yeah. It's the realm you can't describe with words. Yes. And we have some access to that, which can get weird because of our own human mind. But if that's stilled in some way, we can get a glimpse of this peach blossom realm. Yeah, the paradise realm beyond. And there's always this sense that it's somewhere out there beyond. We can't get to it. And it's in that mystery, that feeling of mystery. Yeah, well, that's because it's down and in. It ain't out there. Yeah, and that's the inner, the heart of the rabbit is that kind of, uh, that deep inner mystery and uh, to leave it alone and to let it be. All right. Well, I think that is a wonderful place to wind this down. Gregory Doan, thank you so much. First of all, for the blog, fabulous reading. And by the time people listen to this, it will be out. But if they haven't gotten it for who knows what reason, where would they go to get it? tigersplayastrology.com same website yeah blog will be up new year's eve which i believe is a saturday january 21st and then this will be out as well sometime around that time so that'll be good and it'll be titled peach spring beyond this world meditations on the water rabbit year and i hope everybody benefits and enjoys it i hope everybody has a, a wonderful year and takes advantage of all the depth available and happy new year happy new year my friend The longer I practice, the more I realize that there are some fundamentals we often talk about that in truth, I have either little understanding or outright confusion. This idea of intention, what it is, and how it plays out in our work, that would be one of those. Demo's perspective on cultivating our attention rather than intention is like having a horizon line to help orient up from down that Attention can help with seeing what's unfolding in the moment instead of trying to fit the ever-unfolding phenomena of the world into a mental model or idea. Attention bespeaks a kind of receptivity that allows for informed action and opens a door into the way way the doing of not doing. And most of all, that we don't have to dedicate our lives to unceasing cultivation to be a pretty good doctor. We can cultivate enough and leave room for a full human life. That, to me, 
Sounds like something that's within my reach. Thanks as always for listening. If you liked this conversation, if you learned something new or found a moment of inspired insight, share the episode with your friends. If you want to support Geological, there's just one way to do that. It's by going to the website and becoming a member or leaving a one-time contribution today. Well, folks, that's it for today. Join us again next Tuesday for another conversation that connects up the voices of our community. Mm -hmm.